Welcome to the Headless Hangouts podcast. We are a community from around the world inspired by the philosopher Douglas Harding. To find out more and to join in on the conversation, please visit www.headless.org. Enjoy. We are live now. I'm Richard Lang, and uh, I have a number of friends here. And uh, again, no uh, particular script, uh, just talking and sharing about the headless way, this open space that we're all looking out of. And uh, so I'm going to ask my friends just to briefly introduce themselves, and uh, then we'll see what happens. And I hope you, the viewer, are just enjoying being this space in which this conversation unfolds, I hope. So, uh, Karen, would you like to start? Sure, sure. I'm in Holland, uh, about the middle of it, and uh, I found the Headless Way about three years ago, I think, by coincidence, through an interview uh, in a magazine with Catherine Harding, and I was, I loved that interview, it was very sweet, and uh, of course the name Douglas Harding rang a bell, and I found the website. And then I found your workshop, and then I went on from there. And I, I really you lost your head. You lost your head. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, I keep on finding it, but uh, I keep on losing it too. So that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, lovely. Okay. Um, ah, Sam, you're joining us. We're already live, Sam. So. We're, we're on. Okay, uh, Bill, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm in England, and uh, uh, like Richard, I'm here to uh, just enjoy sharing the openness which is at the center. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. Wonderful, thank you. Sebastiano? I'm Sebastiano, I'm uh, from Milan, Italy. And uh, I discovered um, headlessness about two years ago in a very, in a very important stage in my spiritual life. And I'm very, I feel very, very blessed to have found it finally. I lost my head uh, almost immediately after that. And I am enjoying a community of headless people all over the world. Lovely. Thank you. I'm Renato. <laughs> Hi, so I'm, uh, I'm an English Buddhist monk who's living in Perth in Australia at the moment. I've been out here six, six, about six months this trip and I've uh, been enjoying the headless community for quite a few years now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, lovely to see you here. Uh, Dave? Yeah, I'm Dave. Uh, I live in Belgium, Antwerp. Um, I discovered Headless uh, two or three months ago with a course, and it's been one of the most yeah, direct methods uh, which really made a difference for me. Um, and I like the community here, the, the hangouts and stuff. Brilliant. I've just got your picture now. I don't have the video. I don't know what happened there. Oh. Um, anyway, it'll probably come back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mary, would you like to introduce yourself? 
Sure. I'm, um, I'm Mary. I'm also Sam's wife and we both live in Perth in Western Australia and we came, got into headlessness when Richard came out to visit us and run a workshop in 2005 at our friend Pete and Pearl Sumner's uh, venue called Guru Kula. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And uh, Sam? Yes, I'm Mary's husband, Sam. Um, we discovered this at the same time, and thank God we both got it because it's been marvellous having a life companion who, who gets this and um, <laughs> who, who I can share it with and every day. And uh, it's, it's a huge blessing, but I feel doubly blessed because of that. Wonderful. That's everyone, isn't it? Well, why don't Karen. we... Pardon? Did we hear from Karen? Yes. Yes, yes before oh. you came in. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So uh, just being aware of this open space and uh, we are just a group of friends who enjoy living from this. And um, I don't know if anyone has anything uh, in particular that they might want to share today. I'm aware I'm running the online course on head off stress. So that is one thing perhaps we could think about a bit is uh, how this affects uh, stress in our lives. And uh, what happened to me um, after uh, discovering headlessness and after um, quickly losing my head. <laughs> Was that I, I? I was really impressed by how much, how, how fast it made a, a difference in my daily life. Mm. And uh, since we are talking about stress, yes, it did. It did um, uh, affect my reaction to stress. In fact, uh, I, 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 at once I, I saw the whole thing different. Of course, as we know, it's a, it's a shift in perception. So now, all of a sudden, my stress was out there, and it was in here. And, yeah. and if that is not a difference, I don't know what is. So it's just two years now, but I'm I'm still on a kind of, um, of um, a pink cloud. Can we call it like that? <laughs> you know, like, like uh, embodying this in my daily life. I don't know if this is going to keep like that, but I, it, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So far, it's wonderful. It's really helping me a lot. Every time I'm in stress, I almost automatically switch in that state of headlessness, and I understand that it's not me who is in stress. Yeah. Face in the mirror who is in stress, not me. That's the kind of basic idea, I suppose, isn't it? it that you locate stress where it actually happens, and yeah. here is a, a stress-free zone. I mean, I'm very aware that uh, life doesn't stop being stressful, uh, but it's, it's there in the view out, and here is space for that. Mm. I have at work, I have uh, often very stressful situations. I work with people with disabilities and ADHD, I don't know if you call that in English. Well, you know, really super busy people and when they're all 
start talking to me at once, demanding attention and so on. Sometimes it's just, you know, like a zoo. I think, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on? And then when it gets too much, I just retreat. And, and I notice always how my vision changes. It's really like the whole thing suddenly is a movie and I see all these people doing their thing. And but you know, to, to in in order to do the work, I can't stay in that sort of restedness back thing. So I have to come out of it. But it, when I come out and then start reacting again with uh, you know and interacting again with the people, it does make a, a huge difference. That for a moment I just rested back in this space mm. where where the whole thing becomes a unity. It's not. It, uh, particular individuals who ask a lot of attention, and, but it's, it, it becomes a oneness and then, okay, but yeah, I, I would become weird myself if I would stay in it, so then <laughs> I just go into madness again, <laughs> but yeah, in another way, so it's good, it's really good. I've been noticing very strongly recently how much my thinking um, contributes to uh, how how I get caught up in stress and how um, thinking without being aware that I'm thinking seems to be the uh, what distracts me from from noticing this and uh, that's been that's been really useful to me I mean I, I, it sounds it sounds obvious but um, it's quite subtle the uh, the whole the whole feedback loop between thinking and feeling and uh, the way that feelings of, of um, distress and and uh, are caused by the thoughts, but then they are used by the thoughts to validate um, themselves. So just watching that process, almost like a physical process in the view out, as as uh, Sebastiano was saying, just watching that has been very helpful for me lately with regard to distress generally. Mm. We're many voices in one consciousness, aren't we? Many faces in one consciousness. Is it really the same one talking all the time? <laughs> I'm speaking with Bastiano's voice. Yes. <laughs> It always reminds me of that joke about the guy who was um, uh, window cleaning and he, 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 the window cleaning uh, scaffold broke and he was left hanging by his fingernails way, way above the, uh, way above the ground and he wasn't, a, he wasn't a religious man but in desperation he, he looked up into the sky and said, look, if there's a, is anybody there, can you please help me? And, and sure enough, the clouds parted and a ray of light hit him and a big, deep voice said, yes, my son, this is God. All you have to do is trust me. Let go, and I will save you. And the guy thought about it for a minute and said, "Is there anyone else out there?" <laughs> what was the connection? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Chris was question, maybe. 
We were talking about whether it's all the same one. To what? Like, what else could it be? I mean, there's no one else up there. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I've noticed about stress since I've discovered headlessness is after discovering headlessness, I went through a really a period where I, the way I look at the world and how I experience the world changed a lot. And I became very interested in the view out and sort of having a front row seat to myself and what I was doing. And But more recently, what has happened is I am experiencing more stress and it's because I actually have always had it there but never acknowledged it or never felt it. And I do at times have panic attacks and stuff like that. And what I'm finding is lately they're happening more and I'm noticing them more. But its I feel like it's happening because now I have a safe space to experience it from. So I can let my body and my emotional setup have free reign and just um, be freely out there how it actually is. So that, that's been interesting for me because in a way on the surface it would look more like I'm, I'm getting more stressed but it's actually like I'm being more, my body and my emotions are, more, are coming up more freely and I'm more honest about what I'm going through. In the past if something upset me I wouldn't have any reaction to it and I wouldn't feel it whereas now I'm feeling it straight away or more quickly than I used to. And it's... Um, it's what's happening for me with headless now is that I, I can kind of give myself more free reign to be dysfunctional or, or having a problem or because it's just out there. It's not I don't have any ideas that it's wrong now. It's just like oh that's what's happening now. Mm, I'm yeah. sort of mm. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. But yeah, that's that's that's, that's stressing, Mary. Uh, <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, that's de-stress, Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's real, real. I, that's freedom from this from this place, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's interesting because yeah. I just I I yeah. I mean, I just worked in a hospital for a week, and I lived in the hospital, you know. And I, all I was teaching them was about how to deal with stress, kind of funny yeah. thing. Partly yeah. from a biological partly from a biological framework, but still, mm. my, the, my capacity to be in that situation was only because of this. You know, it's only by by me allowing it in and allowing it out, and then looking after myself in the way that you described, could I actually be with do be with so many people? You know, I probably saw two hundred people in a you know six workshops or something in a very short period of time. Wow, so that's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah, so it's a lot of people to you know keep going and not being in your own home and all that you know all that stuff. But the, but just you know tra like training myself to be to keep coming back to this place and then like do what you, just do what you said you know like to just notice that that that's part of being in that space and de-stressing you know I call it de-stressing really mm. uh, stops the stress actually building up you know and then the, you know and then you can feel the the joy you know what mm. what was amazing for me was I was with these people which love they love their jobs. You know, and I could mm. I could receive not all not only just all the other stuff, but actually their joy. 
you know I, mm. that that didn't have to be exclude, excluded out of it so it was mm. it's really it was really uh, yeah it it goes to show you know it's not it's not dependent on any place you know whatever mm. the whatever the situation is if one attends to what's in, you know what's really important you know is then then these you know even if the body re reacts in a really stressful way one can still stay with the situation one know you just you know much clearer like how long you can stay there for what you need to do mm. you know. yeah. it's like that's you know giving a talk say again I just said that's wonderful yeah oh, thank you <laughs> yeah it's, uh, you know it's in, I think it's really important because the thing is as you better understand that response then it, it gives you it stops it all building up you know and you can choose better ways of dealing with the situation it's not you know like I notice I can feel like frightened when I maybe start off a talk or something like that you know and then I just trust in the space here and then the system comes the system comes down by itself but if I didn't do that it'd probably it'd go on and on and on and then by the end of it I'd be absolutely exhausted whereas when I did that did that stuff I wasn't you know, so it's brilliant. Well, for me, I think uh, one thing that is important for me is the recognition that life is stress, and that life uh, <laughs> what? Life is what? Life is stress. Oh, stress! Yeah. Stress. Yes, yeah. it's stressful. And uh, if I'm thinking that seeing who I really am means I won't feel stressful anymore, uh, well, it's not true. So either I'm, I'm failing or stress is part of the deal. Mm. And yeah. seeing there's no stress here places stress there. Uh, and uh, I find life stressful. I, I, it's come one thing after another, it comes up. And I've, I kind of <laughs> come to a place where I think this is what. I must really want. I didn't want a boring old life. I wanted an exciting life. You know, I've got both the stress free and this. A bit like you, um, Mary. You know, uh, life is more stressful. <laughs> I think um, also Emirato is right about because it does come up quite strongly, but then it goes. So it is actually de-stressing. I never thought of it that way. I'm sort of, instead of not feeling it because it's going to be too much, it's there and then it's gone like weather. And not long after, we're like, oh, right. And there's times when it'll be coming up and I think, okay, well, I need to not, I might be rushing to do something, then I'll get more stressed. And I go, well, I just need to, I don't have to do that task so quickly. I can take a minute and relax my body and then go on to do what I have to do without having, you know, a lot of stress involved in doing it. Yeah, I think that um, the stress is inevitable in life, but, but, but accumulating stress is optional. And I think that's what we're talking that's about. That's right. With, yeah, with yeah, there's are, less yeah. accumulation of stress. So stress is there and, it, yeah. and, and it's, it's very intense because I can mm. face it squarely. And it's no less intense mm. than, it, than it ever was, but uh, and I'm not living in a warm bath with the sound of Om playing in the background or anything like that. <laughs> and like, but, oh, um, but the difference is, is my body isn't collecting it. 
the way it used to, you know. And uh, and and in old stress, old collections of stress is able to come up, and 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 I'm getting like gradually being freed of that as well. So it's it's quite, it's interesting. The stress is still there; it doesn't go away, but the relationship to it completely changes with this two-way seeing. There's a the setup is is different, and your your organism can, as as you alluded to, um, the organism seems to be able to met metabolize it properly. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if we're we set. We're also set up. Uh, go on, Phil. Uh, I, I wonder if we could just uh, stand the conversation on its head and and uh, talk about the value of stress. Uh, let's do that. I think if you're not talking, turn your mic off, mute it, because it seems we're getting some. Oh, well, I'll have to put a headset on. Yeah. Okay, but so, so, repeat what you said. I didn't quite. Okay, well, um, I'm. I really appreciate what what Mary said. I think that I really recognise what she's talking about. But also for me, the process of going through or disidentifying with the stress um, is revealing and and deepening so that I can't actually do without that journey. Well, I guess we sort of believe that given a choice we would not have stress. But I'm beginning to see that the stress itself is just an unbelievable teacher. That it yeah. takes us through our own uh, construction of a little isolated personality which is bit by bit in that quite naturally deconstructing. And what's revealed is, is what Amarata was talking about. It's, it's the, the fundamental joy in existence that we all of us have had. Um, I, almost all small children have it. And to, and to feel that, to have a place where one is in contact with that simple joy of being. And I don't think that one can go there without this movement into the stress and and the lesson that the stress teaches you and one of the lessons it teaches me is that I'm not separate mm. you mm. know every each one of us has his own unique particular brand of 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 journey mm. but the journey back is into this common place this one place mm. it's a beautiful thing so mm. there we are just just to turn it all on its head can I, can I say something back to the to yeah. Can I say something to that? Yeah, yes, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I mean, just a, a little fact that I use uh, with when I talk about stress, which is that one of the stress researchers, Kelly McGonagall, I think her name is, she, she did this research. She was about saying stress is bad for you, but she changed her tune a few years ago. And what she said is the only thing that is important about stress is your attitude towards it. That's all it is. So if you oh, choose yeah. to say that stress is going to kill you, then it probably will. And if you choose it not, it won't. And that that mm. that good the str that stress of where we go into, you know, where we, where it's just op op called optimal stress is actually what I would consider play in children. You see, so mm. like when we don't have enough stress, we get bored, and when we have too much stress, we get anxiety. But when we're in that place of actually just the right amount of stress, we get joy. And this is, you know, and this gives us the opportunity to actually be playful because you're not involved in one or the other. You're not get, you're not totally bored, and you're not totally 
anxious. You're letting those things come in and go. So it's really lovely what Bill just said. You know, you know, it's how to use it, isn't it? It's how so one engages with life. Yeah. Yeah, and your attitude is is interesting. I, I once noticed when I was um, in the middle of a long and very grueling hang gliding flight. I'd been in the air about an hour and a half. I I really needed to pee. I was hungry and thirsty, partially lost, um, cold, and um, buffeted and and aching all over. And I, I thought, if I wasn't having such a good time, this would be terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just realised that from an objective point of view, I was kind of undergoing an ordeal. You know, like if. If you'd suddenly dropped me into that without telling me what I was doing, I would have thought I was being tortured. But because of the context, I was just—I was having the time of my life. I was just really, really loving it. And I think that's—that's that's very interesting. The, the, the inner yes that we make to, to stress is very, very interesting. Why we say yes to stress and why we say no to stress—it's very interesting. And I think there's, there is some kind of um, this makes it. Noticing this makes it easy to say for that deep yes to be noticed because it's already there, isn't it? I mean, we it, this says yes already. It says yes by by its very nature. So, seeing noticing that yes changes the um, changes the way we relate the, the relationship to stress, and I think it helps it clear more or helps us be creative with it. You know, it helps it become more of a um, a way of a way forward. The, you know, the thing that's in our way becomes the way forward. Then, I think I, I think a, a headlessness gives me um, the capacity to to withstand much more stress. I can have more stress than before and still be at peace. I can have just like um, um, normal day daily stress. Excuse me if I move my hands like an Italian. Yeah? I can have stress, like having an argument on the phone with somebody, and it's a real argument, and I don't even win the argument, I lose the argument. And before headlessness, I would have hung up the phone, and this would have had an echo for the rest of my day. And right now, it doesn't. And I'm surprised. I say, so, I know, I hung up the phone, and I say, how, what a beautiful day. That's <laughs> just it. <laughs> Next yeah, yeah. Yes, the non-accumulation non is good. Yes. I, some years ago, I had an experience where I um, became extremely self-conscious. And uh, I was self-conscious like most teenagers. But in this situation, uh, uh, I had a panic attack. It's probably about 10 years ago. And then I began having more panic attacks. And it was around feeling extremely self-conscious. And it was made worse by not wanting to show it, all that kind of thing. And I realized uh, that, because it just went on, and it, and I, it started happening when I, you know, more and more. And then you imagine it might happen, and then it's a circle. And mm. I realized I had to do something about this, because I couldn't think my way out of it. It was to do with self-consciousness and feeling threatened by others, I suppose, and feeling separate. And if I tried to uh, say to myself, there's only one, there are no others, it didn't work. Because mm. I just reacted as if there were others and I was under threat. And to cut a long story short, I mean, it took a while for me to really kind of investigate it and sort it out for myself. But what I came to was that um, 
uh, because I went back in my life and I thought, well, there was a point when I never felt this self-consciousness when I was a tiny baby. And mm. so uh, when you see who you are, you see you've always been this open space. You've always been the one. Uh, and there was a period way back when I was the one and I didn't know about being separate. I didn't know about others. And this uh, sense of separation arose within this space, so much so that I completely forgot about being the one. Now, when I saw how I was the one, I, here is this feeling of uh, separation still going. And so I'll tell you what I kind of worked out in my own mind, was that in the beginning, at the beginning of my life, I was the one without knowing about others. And uh, a bit like what Bill perhaps was alluding to, but the basic feeling I had as the one, so to speak, as the one, is how brilliant to be. See, how brilliant to be I am. What a, a joy of just actually being. And then my second thought is, God, I'd love to share this with someone. But there's no one else because I'm the one. And so what has happened in my life is uh, that um, my desire to share it has come true because now I... What happened in my life was that others appeared and uh, to have a real deep sense of the reality of others, I had, it seems, I'd forget I was the one for a while. This is a kind of story. So that when I woke up to being the one now, uh, I still have this feeling of separation and of uh, not knowing what's going to happen, you know, and the kind of adventure of life. And the, this, for me, us meeting is the one sharing its joy of being, if you like, you know, amongst other things, with itself, with many voices. And the difference is that uh, having kind of for myself uh, recognized that it was what I really wanted. In other words, after first realizing I was, I wanted to share it. And uh, now I am sharing it. And so I'm, I feel in my heart, I've shifted, that I'm not in the same way am I resisting the presence of others. I'm mm -hmm. kind of welcoming it because it's somehow what I wanted. Yeah, that's that. a big one. Yes. And, and uh, yes, this deep, and the same with stress. And I was thinking uh, recently about how, oh, my God, I have this decision I've got to make and I just can't, you know, how do you know what the right decision to make is? And... You, you know, I mean, I'm waiting for a dream, and then I got a dream, and then I didn't know whether my, you know, I'd understood the dream right, you know, because it, it didn't seem to indicate exactly what I thought it should, you know, all this, you know. And then I thought to myself, you know, this lack of knowing exactly what to do must be what I really want, because one, as well as wanting company, I wanted adventure. And the nature of adventure in life is not knowing what's going to happen, and not being in control, you know, otherwise, you know, if you'd said, all right, tell me what to do, there it is, you know, great for about a minute, but, you, you know, is there anybody else up there, kind of? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should, I think potentially with this, it's a journey, I think, you know, the whole thing is a journey, potentially we shift from kind of a resistance to a welcoming, because this space because of who we are, because it all comes from here, and in your heart, you you know, you may come to the, the deepening sense that it's what you really want, what you really, really want uh, for, and you discover why. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. yeah, lovely story. That's really, really beautiful, Richard. Mm. Mm.
I think it's the the deeper aspect of when 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 one starts to sink into this place. This place, you know, that's what arises, isn't it? Yeah. All, all that that sense of separation and all the rest of it. And how does one still be willing to say yes to all of that and the, the huge amount of unknowns? Because also this, in it, I, I think in itself, this is unknown. It it doesn't know itself. How can it? Because it it's got no. There's no ego to recognize itself. So by the very nature of that, there can't be any planning or anything. It's a, there, there is nothing going on there it, other than the, the unfolding process. So that's all that one can trust in the end, isn't it? I mean, it, it, this space does not have something recognizing it. It is, this, it is. So there's no way that one can have planning or... Or, or any of those types of things other than through the through the little person which mm -hmm. is always going to be limited in some ways isn't it yeah. it's, it's brilliant what you just said yeah. and for me uh, it, uh, it's so exciting because I in my you know if you've got good news something's happened to you then it's normal to want to share it and the one happened and then it said God, I'd love to share it but there's no one else how do I you know create others who are really other not just cardboard cutouts, and and here we are. You know, I'm treating you as if, within my deepest uh, heart, that you're really independent, and yet you know exactly what it's like to have happened to be. You know, so we can trade our kind of uh, reactions to this amazing miracle, and the, the fact that we're meeting now like this, and we're all aware of, you know, we've all happened, we've all achieved being. You know, not as a little bit of it, but the whole thing, and yet here we are as many as well. It's just. Uh, Dream come true, really. There was something in the Tao Te Ching that I, I always used to scratch my head over. Uh, it was very evocative. It's a, just a, a little, almost like a throwaway line, where he says, "The man of Tao is like ice about to melt, ice about to melt." And mm -hmm. I thought, my my logical mind couldn't make sense of that. I mean, is you're either melted or you're not. But what if your ice about to melt? And that's what we're like. We're like ice about to melt. We are we are solid in the sense that we are individuals, but we have this willingness to melt. We have this willingness to be on the edge of melting all the time. That seemed to capture something very very. It was a very poetic way of putting our, mm. our strange dilemma, where we are this this vast one and deeply that, and at the same time we are this little one with all the, the limitations and the stress and you know all the flesh that the uh, all the 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 flesh is heir to and all of that stuff, mm. and yet we're willing to when when we see this and and start living from here, we're willing to melt, and that seems to be that's been a a, a great um, a great uh, consolation to me to to understand what that that meant and to to feel mm. that's true. Mm. It's a big difference, is it? The, the the habitual uh, or the habit of, of of thinking ahead, trying to control uh, things, uh, doing it right, not making a mistake and all of that stuff. And then suddenly when I'm in the midst of that, I can say, hey, stop to myself. And then I just open up and I think, what will appear now? I have no control anyways. You know, what will show up? And it's such a different attitude to live from. The joy is straight away there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get this adventurous feeling like, 
what will we feel? What will, you know? And always it is beyond expectation in the sense that, you know, I couldn't have thought of it or it's not always wonderful or pleasant or, but it's always uh, way more than I could ever have thought. Mm. To give a little example, I just got a second cat this more this well this afternoon. Just it's it walks around here through the room, and it's just two hours here now. Uh, and uh, while I was on my way to get it, I thought, oh my god, you know, I have a lovely relationship with my first cat. Why bother to get a mate for her? And ah, and then I realized again, you know, let go, you. It's uh, the impulse was there, so and she's such a sweetheart already. I couldn't have thought, you know, she's she's so different, and uh, so uh, uh, yeah, it was proof again. Just let go, you know. I'm in my car on my way, and we'll see mm. what comes out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A complete disaster, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's such a simple shift, isn't it? I notice it in myself because this uh, enjoyment of being many, uh, uh, as well as the one, uh, it, it being something that I'm you know, so interested in, and it's uh, scenarios. I it, no, you don't have to wait for anyone. To agree, you just kind of see who you are and include everybody, and mm. and be all the different voices, and the enjoyment of having. Um, I could switch the screen here. Uh, enjoyment of having many voices. It's uh, so rich and uh, yes, yeah, not controlled. You know, with a, I'm not sure if the the pictures are getting stuck, but you can actually move the boxes down at the bottom, so it's quite interesting. I can put on each person's different face as I go through the, uh -huh. <laughs> go through the boxes. You know. Yeah, you can just suddenly, put suddenly one get face some hair and go through them all. <laughs> yeah, and then I start becoming. The, yeah, so I'm you now, but you know, Karen and Dave, <laughs> and then Bill. It's kind of funny, isn't it? I mean, you can wear shoes with a different face. face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And time Thanks travel, an of course. You, know. face. <laughs> you put your own face up there as well. Yeah. yeah. Not that I would like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the I'm the MC here, so uh, in terms of the recording, who I click on is full screen. Ah, I see. Uh, I have more power than you. <laughs> Yeah. Ah. Yeah. See, it always gets in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I think what you said about realising that you can't control things, I, mean, I think there's a number of things that when you, when you see the headless space and start to live from it, there's a number of things that just become very apparent. One of them is 
that you can't control things. You have to let that idea go that you can control anything in your life. Because you're just in this setup here, when you're in this body, you have this view out. You don't know how you got here. You don't know how long it's going to continue. And it's just a really amazing view to have. And it just becomes, you kind of give away this idea of control. And in exchange, you get something very alive and very compelling and, you know, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the nature this, of this the, from the, woman, uh, the nature of the small one, the small Sebastian, is to to try and control, and uh, yeah. I can't really change that. In fact, no. right now at this stage in my life, I am enjoying very much that uh, everything seems to be ex ab absolutely under control. And sometimes <laughs> I, I ask myself, well, I shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't be happy of being in control. But then why not? I mean, this is what small Sebastian do, does all the time. So let him do that. The point is not to be um, attached or identified with that, with that state and be ready to let it go. And anytime anything changes, and this is what uh, well, this is kind of a practice for me to be ready for when it, it's going to finish. Because right now everything is being cloud. So be ready because there's the other side of, of the medal coming too. But so far, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Um, I was going to say, Mary's speech, um, this is from a woman who's planned our whole life in a spreadsheet and to whom I enjoy, uh, to, uh, to whom I owe, um, you know, an incredible period of peace and prosperity in my life having, you know, since we've been together because of her ability to control things, which is so there's a great uh, kind of paradox there. <laughs> that that isn't that's the view both in and out, isn't it? You know, here he no control, you know, and out yeah. some modicum of control. And how does one balance all of that and put it all together? You know, the little one and the big one, or whatever. You know, it's uh, that's the mastery, isn't it? That's the trick, really, in order to be able to live in. Or at least that's what I see. Being able to live on this planet is to actually somehow work, work those two together type of thing really. Mm. And for me it might look like my spreadsheet, I'm sort of controlling everything with my spreadsheet, but that's more like a, a sort of a hopeful document, like it'd be nice if this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, another thing I love about being the one is that it is so spontaneous. And it just comes up with things all day long that I uh, couldn't have predicted. Uh, big things and little things. And uh, some of them are pleasures and some of them are problems. But, you know, I mean, just what an amazing... I mean, there's nothing here. It's just un incredibly creative and uh, incredible. Probably those spreadsheets of you, Mary, are, are just creativity. Mm. You know, it's almost like being caught yourself, like you're, you're planning an event or a happening or a manifestation or something. And it will happen likely a little different, but anyway, you're a catalyst or into something. Okay. God making notes on the side.
that that's what the what that's what makes the little one safe though isn't it by just doing that you know that's what helps to be able to to uh, to move around in this in this funny planet you know to do that stuff you know yeah, still absolutely. whilst we're still whilst being in the big one you know being in this space which has got lots of latitude in it you're talking about you know the the two views and how to how to put them together one of the ways i understand it aminato is that the little one is the functional aspect of the of this big one you know um, uh, and we can we can do it hard or we can do it easy <laughs> yeah you know, we have to live that we have to live that experience and we can do it in resistance or we can do it willingly and, and consciously and that's really the only yeah. choice we have and yeah, and and what's amazing to me is sometimes when um, I'm very focused on a task and, and really working hard and watching this amazing skill set in operation, but from back here and just watching mm. the watching the little one do his job. I'm in absolute awe of him sometimes that he can um, he can just do it and uh, and especially when he's relieved of the intolerable burden of selfhood. When he doesn't yeah. feel himself to be too much of, you know, the, 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 when he feels himself to be, I don't know, it's, it's very difficult to explain, but conscious first person that seems to really add to functionality in my experience, it really helps yeah, functionality. It's, yeah, it's the executor, isn't it, really? Mm. It's, the thing that gets the, it's the thing that gets things done, and when it knows that it's like, Safe or you know in that way, then it just get, it can do its job really. It it does. It does mm. an amazing job. Doesn't mm. it? I mean, you know, and it's being all fed from this space of, of yeah creativity of information. It's just like a huge. It's like a funnel, I guess, or something like that. You know, just you know, this is what needs to be done, type of thing. Mm, lovely. Mm. Well, when people are really uh, involved in what they're doing, and and uh, mm. and um, one has so many witness statements from masters of one craft or another uh, and they say there was nobody there and, and we yeah. say well so and so was absorbed yeah. was absorbed in what he was yeah. doing so the, the little one truly works at his or her peak when there is no little one and there's just yeah. as you said Sam there's just stuff yeah. happening with it with great precision it's a joy to watch uh, it is yeah, yeah amazing yeah Mm. Yes, in, in sport, we, they talk about being in the zone, you know, okay. and I think, I think everything we enjoy doing, and, and, you know, even people who are not aware of this, all, all enjoy that aspect of being, of being absorbed in what they do. It's why we value work and, and why we value hobbies and, and, and art. I think the difference is that um, if, if, you only, if that's your only place where you get it, um, and the rest of your life you're unconscious. It, it's like you only have a very little window into it, and it may be only for a little mm. period in your life you yeah. might be able to do it. Yeah. Whereas when you get it, when you get it in, a, in if, if you take it neat, you know, <laughs> if you're willing to take it neat, then you can have it all the time, whenever you, whenever you mm. want it, whatever you. And and it, and it comes from a non-addictive space, you know, like I, mm. I, you know, just like say, like with rock, you know. Uh, climbers or something like the top of the mountain where they might just get that experience because you know mm. they sort of let go whereas one you know then one thinks oh I have to keep going back into that space mm. you know mm. rather than yeah. just having it as a normality in now you know daily life you know sitting on the toilet yeah, or whatever. yeah. yeah.
I think uh, having been having been addicted to um, tobacco and hang gliding, I think you're right. There's that sense where uh, <laughs> that you you uh, when you associate this with a particular physical situation of any kind or any, then you that is what addiction is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you associate oh. it exclusively with. Talking about Do you feel? Oh, sorry, go on, Sebastiano, please. I'll just put in a, a, a little story in which you know, Richard, uh, talking about addiction, you know already my story that headlessness has, in fact, uh, freed me of many life-threatening addictions because all of a sudden I had something better. It was there all the time. It was, there, it was accessible all the time. I didn't have to go to a pusherman to collect it. And all of a sudden, the whole thing, the, the whole attachment, attachment to being addicted, it disappeared. It vanished. I can't say that wow. nothing else than that. It's just like magic. It vanished because all of a sudden I wasn't that one anymore. I was, I was, uh, I was um, able to access this at any time, which is what I'm doing right now as I'm talking mm -hmm. to you. Two years ago, I was there drinking, and right now I'm talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you, does anyone get stressed about whether or not this is accessible? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can get stressed about almost anything else, but not that. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people say, well, you know, this is so brilliant being headless. Huh? Can you do it all the time? Mm. I know. <laughs> well, um, uh, our friend uh, was, uh, on, on the meeting last night was asking that, wasn't he? Can you turn it on whenever you want to? <laughs> we should have a straw poll now. What, one word, yes or no. Who's going to start? I say no. No what? <laughs> no what? <laughs> No, you can't have it all the time. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Who's that wasn't what I said. Oh, we're going to have a majority. Yeah, we're just going to see. Who says it? One word, one word. What's it going to be, Karen? I say no, too. But I say, oh. I, I, I add to that, it's no problem. OK. The moment I want to, I'm back here. You see? Okay. That's yeah. two no's. <laughs> Sam? I say no too, but it's like in the same way that I don't notice that I don't notice always that I'm breathing, but I never stop breathing, and I can almost notice. I can always oh, wow. notice that I'm breathing if I want to. So it's like that. It, if I had to notice it all the time, it would be a kind of uh, dreadful, um, you know, it would be an obsession. It would be a dreadful burden having to you know be stuck with oh the void. I've got to keep aware of the void. I mean, give me a break. It's not you know. <laughs> I when I need it, you know. <laughs> We got three no's. We got any yeses? Yes, I'm saying yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to imagine a situation in which I wouldn't be able to access that. I can't find a situation in which I wouldn't be able to. No. No. That's and true then, too. That's true too. And whenever you see it, you know it was always there, even if you weren't no, noticing it before. Good point. So we don't. Three yeses, two yeses, and two and three noes. It was a trick <laughs> question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say yes and no. 
<laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> in in Perth, they in uh, in the museum here, they have a they have an exhibition called Your True Self, and uh, and I went to I went to go and see it because I was walking past there the other day, and you you go into the um, I'm just looking on my mobile phone for the picture. Uh, you go into the you go into the museum. I'll put the pictures up tomorrow, and then it says you've got to draw your true self. So that on the wall they have all these pictures of people drawing their self, and then I did this uh, rudimentary drawing with uh, just the hands, you know. And I and then I put space for you all, you know. But it's interest, you know. It was really interesting. It says work without any kind of reflective device. Draw how you think of you and represent yourself rather than creating just a physical likeness. No, so here's the reflective <laughs> device. <isn't it? laughs> when, when I was training in therapy many years ago, uh, one of the things you had to do was to draw an image of yourself. You know, uh, well. and so I drew a headless body <laughs> with a, a a head over somewhere top left representing the mirror, and the director of the institute looked. Like, you know, I think she got really worried that I had a psychotic episode or something, you know, and kind of, kind of just eyes wide open and walked on. <laughs> You've probably never met a sane person before. <laughs> You're the first one, freaked him out. <laughs> So here we're coming towards the end of the hour. Any reflections on just being together? This is our second hangout on air. You know, it's all an experiment. Uh, the one, the one space with many voices, just uh, having a bit of an adventure. Any any reflections on the experience today, or what we're doing? I, I just notice how easeful it is to to be with you all. I mean, just like like without having without having um you know like a fixed uh subject. You know what I mean? Although you brought that up, you know, just to be with each person as it is is lovely. So I really great space, easeful space to be in, really. Because we every this is in common. You know, it's just and it's such a powerful thing to have in common. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For me, it's. Uh, we all know what we're talking about. Yes. We all know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. One thing I noticed is we can do that thing like we had that poll, and some said yes, and some said no, but we all knew what we were. We're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. Very the words don't yeah. really cover the cover at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what I love. Is it's a nonverbal experience, so we can. Relax and hear different points of view. There isn't a right way of expressing it. Mm. Were you going yeah. to say something, Bill? Yeah, just um, I was just um, agreeing with Amanarato that the the the, uh, the lack of agenda. When when I when I meet uh, in these circumstances with you guys. Um, it, immediately, I know that there's nothing to do. 
you know, you just are being. That's what we are all aware of, and and that can take care of itself and does. Mm -hmm. But there is an extra thing to expressing, expressing all the individual views, and like the yeses and nos. I mean, that has a different quality from just being together and being silent yeah. or whatsoever. I, I love this interaction and hearing about other experiences and discovering all the time that there is no right and wrong in this. You know, there's so many variations. Wonderful. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Headless Way and the work of Douglas Harding, or to join in on one of our weekly online meetings, please visit www.headless.org.